Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice coming back at you with another podcast. Today we have made it to episode 42 and we are covering Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. Uh, This episode was called Level Up. It's episode 6. This was another strong one. I really love this episode, and we're going to get into that. But before we get started, I have a few church announcements for the podcast. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't checked out, I dropped my last two Narcos episodes. So make if you haven't checked that, make sure you check that out. We have finished Narcos, but we will pick back up soon as Season 3 comes back out. And we are starting Snowfall this week. Make sure you check out the documentary Crack. It's on Netflix and Freeway Ricky Ross. His documentary is called Freeway Rick. It is on YouTube. They took it off Prime. Um, I couldn't find it on any other streaming services, but it's for free on YouTube. It's like an hour and 43 minutes long. So we're going to cover both of those. So make sure you guys check those out before we catch up on Snowfall. We will start off on episode one, season one. We're going to cover every episode like we did for narcos if you are in the atlanta area um one of my main homegirls amber is opening up a health and wellness spa and the doors open around the end of september i will definitely shout that out as we are getting closer to opening up i am so proud of her um it will be called ambience health and wellness spa specializing in mineral detox uh, body wraps um vaginal steams iconic foot baths and colonics it will be mineral detox body wraps as well ionic foot baths um it's going to be the himalayan salt with the sauna therapy so make sure you check that out if you just need a relaxing day that will be in the roswell area you will get a ten dollars off any service with the flyer so i will shout that out multiple times before the opening day come check that out it's in roswell If you guys have not checked out yet, make sure you check out um, the book I've been reading from my mentor, of course, Some Things I've Been Through, a memoir by Jamil Gully TV Lindsay. He has a YouTube channel, does a lot of dope interviews on there. It covers hip hop, sports, and fashion. It's over 100,000 subscribers. And in his book, he talks about multiple interviews um, he's done and how he came about them. It is a really dope read. It's on Amazon. So make sure you guys check that out as well. Don't forget, you can always follow me on my social media platforms alicia shanice for ig and um facebook as well and if you're in the music and you have the spotify app downloaded on your phone you can follow my playlist i have really good playlists on there covering all genres um hours of music so if you're just a scrambler and don't feel like looking for this and looking for this and just want a good playlist to roll through if you're working riding in your car on chill mode just want a nice little vibe i have it all on there all my titles are under shanice loves and then it'll have the genre of the songs that are playing so it's i made it public so you guys can check that out as well but i don't want to hold you guys too long we will drop content all week we're going to do raising cane in the day Later on tonight, I will upload my Michael Jackson episode. Happy birthday to the King of Pop. I have that coming out shortly. And that's just a tribute to Michael Jackson. 
and we're going to be doing the document the two documentaries and snowfall and we will cover one more narcos wars documentary that will be based off of the plaza Wars. so we'll get off into that as well and that's all for today so on that note i'm not gonna hold you guys this long let's get into the show So this episode opens up with Rock. She's standing in the apartment um, complex in the building, standing at the um, elevator waiting for it to come down. And a nice little old lady comes across and she like, baby, that elevator ain't worked in I don't know how long. And Rock was like, you know what? I've been in the building for a few um, times now and I still can't remember that. So she gets to walking up the stairs, mind you. I'm like, rock a beast. First of all, they show her smoking all the time. She got on some damn heels and she walked up seven flights of stairs. I'm like, rock is a beast. <laughs> um, she she make it up there. She ain't even, it don't even show her out of breath, not a sweating place. Mind you, this is seventh and eighth flow. So when she walks into the apartment, we see the, um, the paranoid apartment manager he's telling her like i've been telling you you know you're gonna get me in trouble we're gonna get all type of citations and she goes in there and sees the inspector it's a black inspector and he's kind of like just yelling like you know who do you think you are you can't do this you can't do that and she like look man <laughs> i'm a single parent i was just doing some reconstructions to the kitchen it's not like that so He's still not backing down. He's showing her he ain't finna budge. So she kind of goes up on him and she like, what can we do to work this out? So he kind of looks her up and down with that creep look. And he like, um, you meet me back here tonight at eight. So she like, okay. And he said, I said, come alone. And she like, what else would alone be? <laughs> I like rock. So that, um, that's the first scene. So you know, the manager after the inspector leaves, he's still yelling and, you know, paranoid because he's afraid he's going to lose his job. And she like, you know, everything stays as it is. My crew will be back to finish everything up. Fuck him. So we go into the next scene and we see Kanan and Famous. They're walking around handing out flyers for the show. And Famous is real geeked up. You know, he's talking and talking and Kanan like, yeah, okay. So 
they handing out flyers. It goes right into the next scene, and we see Detective Howard creeping up on his doctor. She's like, ooh. <laughs> he, he, he crept up on her, snuck up on her at her home, and, you know, that shook her up. And she's like, Detective, I'm busy. And he was like, look. I'm, she she tells him like you're not looking too well and he like that's because I'm dying and he basically asked her like well I know we've already you know come to you know the conclusion of everything I'm going through but what if I had a son what would um what would that change and she like I thought you didn't have any he like look what if I had a son allegedly and she like well how old would the son be and he's like 15. So she's like, well, you know, of course he would need, you know, handwritten from his legal parent guardian. And that's probably going to come into play later on. And <clears throat> uh, we'll see how that works out. But, you know, that gives him a little hope because now he know that Kanan could be a match and this could probably save him. So after that, we go into the next scene and we see Lulu, him and Jessica, they're in the club. They're all hooked up. We see Rock walk in. She kind of, he like, look, let me talk to my sister because ain't no telling what Rock could do, right? <laughs> she already see that this music thing is kind of keeping him away from business and it's not no time. Everybody needs to be on a, a game at this point. So um, <clears throat> Rock sees that everybody is coming up to him all the bills that crown owes is the lightning bill the speaker's bill whatever they're coming up to him and rock is like so this is where your money is going you know we just paying everybody bills huh <laughs> and i mean crown just can't keep up it could be from his little drug habit where he ain't got no money because he's you know so he's behind on everything and everybody is just ready to walk out but now we see Lulu is stepping in and taking over the show. That's realistic, though, because in the 90s, especially, most of the record labels that came up in the 90s came up off big drug dealers. Like, that's just a fact. In the early 90s, most of the uh, record labels was coming up off of the drug game. Um, <clears throat> we'll cover that when we get into um, Freeway Rick's story because he was putting a lot of stuff in um, Anita's Baker's uh time as well so like i said it was real big in the 90s that's the people were trying to get out the drug game and they were trying to get into the music game um after that we see detective burke walking into the precinct and a captain calls her back there so she goes back there and he like i don't know what you did the detective howard he'd been in this building for 25 years and this is first time he ever called in sick we know why he called in sick because now he knows Kanan is, is his son and he might have a chance to get him saved if Kanan can be a donor but when he said 25 years Kanan is 15 so that means he was 10 years in when him and rock was messing around and he was already a cop in so she was messing with a cop and in the game with a drug dealer uh which is you know the guy who was supposed to be Kanan's daddy who was the real big man and I just thought that was a little interesting and you know he just tells her like look you can do paperwork or you can go out there but I don't know if that's a good idea to go out by yourself I promise your dad I will look out for you so remember we seen uh when Detective Howard and her were talking that he was like you know you should have been a nurse you just want to follow in all your family's footsteps so we know that her all of her brother's 
probably granddad, dad, there all was a family of cops. So her dad must know the captain real well and is telling telling him, like, keep an eye on her. So we go and we see Lulu. He goes to see Unique because um, at the conversation, he didn't already told Rock he didn't want nobody hustling in there hustling in there that night because she told him like it's about money and ain't no time to slip off while you running your little show we can run in through here but he wanted to be totally legit you could tell lulu probably want to take his music game to a whole nother level he got his niece gonna be singing up in there and everything so he was like nope nobody's hustling she she tells him like well you're telling us not to be making no money but what you think unique gonna be doing so he goes in there and try to tries to talk man to man to Nick. And that's some boss, like Nick said. They at war. They didn't kill some of their peoples. And you walking in there by yourself. You know, uh, he wasn't paying the doorman no attention. Walk right back there. And, you know, he basically says, you know, you a level-headed guy. I can't respect that. I see why Rock keeps you on her team. And it's probably a little bit of history back there because not that he's saying that he did a favor for him back in the day, but something probably was done. You could tell it might be a little history between Lulu and Nick. Um, so, you know, Lulu walks out and we see Scrappy pops out and Nick like, nah, we just talking. It's time for war. When that show starts, y'all go like that shit up so we see scrap had that look because we know he playing for both sides he only there to beat really be rock eyes because rock said last time she needs to know what unique is thinking and how he's moving along in the game so we go into the next scene and we see rock she's sitting there cutting cane of hair I don't know why in the show I always got a boys, uh, boys in the hood feeling. <laughs> this reminded me of when uh, uh, Furious Styles was cutting um, Trey's hair and they was having like that talk. And then you see them trying to talk and having a good time while she's cutting his hair. But then it jumps serious and she gets to telling him like, why, why you didn't call me when you was in jail? So... She gets that like grilling him like what did that detective say to you because she know she don't want detective howard to slip up and say too much because that's supposed to be Kane's daddy so he you know he just brings up like uh well he was just saying how he knew you back in the day and then he was like how did you even find out anyway and she like from scrap he like man scrap suspect she like no nah, you suspect because scrap is loyal to her that's one of her main soldiers that's who she had watching him and he risking his life now going over there chilling with neat so scrap is loyal to her scrap ain't going nowhere and then they get to talking about symphony she figures out that symphony was the one who got him out so she is pissed and he like ma i begged him she ain't trying to hear it so we go into the next scene and we see rock and Marvin, he's sitting there eating some Chinese food and <laughs> they talking, um, going back and forth about how everything about to get done, what they got to do. And she basically lays down the law. And after that, Lulu and Marvin have another exchange and he lets them know, like, all oh, the shit you're talking about, this, this music stuff. That's why I got your daughter performing there tonight. You need to be a better damn dad. So, you know, Marvin get to looking. And then we see Lulu, um, he ends up leaving. 
So we get into the next scene and we see Jukebox. She's sitting in her house. She's crying. She's depressed about what happened with her and Nicole. Nicole ends up showing up and, you know, they hug or whatever. And as they get to talking, um, you know, Jukebox gets to mention it, everything that the uh, the mama said to her she like she called me a repellent and all this stuff and nicole is trying to let her know like she would have said the same thing if you was a white girl it ain't so much that you black is that you know they was gay but probably a little bit of both played in, in the same she probably would have been mad if it was a white girl but she probably wouldn't have been calling her a repellent and talking about she about to call the police and rape and all that shit so we go into the next scene and when Nicole, of course, she tells uh, Jukebox, like, I'm coming to your show tonight. I've been coming up with lies all week. I'm going to be there. So after that, we see Marvin walking out the house and Kanan runs up to him like, hey, Uncle Marvin. And when he was walking at the house, I was thinking that he was going to uh, catch Jukebox and Nicole together because that is definitely coming. If you go back into the regular power, he did, um, Kanan mentioned to her, like, her dad kicked her out when he found out she was gay. So, that part is coming. It might come at the uh, the last episode of this season, or that might be something that they bring in season two. But just keep your eyes on that, because Marvin is going to kick ju Jukebox out the house. And... <clears throat> Kanan tells him, you know, he got to tell him something. They get in the car and kind of take off and they go to the highway. And when they go in there, you know, he's telling him all about how we can start setting up shop here and get off them corners. These white white people, they they pay over the price. And, you know, Marvin trying to tell him, like, no, they, they, they want just the, the soft. They want just the cocaine. They don't do crack. And he like, we could teach them how to do crack. You know what I'm saying? We can put them on this. So I thought that was a little interesting because it's like 91 and everybody knew about crack in 91. Um, I don't know if it was just moving a little slower in New York, but I doubt it because that's what Fat Cat and Autumn was doing in the 80s in Jamaica, Queens and everything. So crack, they probably was already been looking for it anyway and just not cocaine. Um, so I thought that was a little interesting. We go into the next scene and we go to the bingo hall again. <laughs> and we see the OG up in there, Mink, he's the plug. And he's sitting there playing bingo with his grandmama. As soon as Rock uh, walks up, he pulled that little, that little earpiece out, her little hearing aid out so she can't hear nothing again. And she asks him, like, you know, where's Smurf at? And he likes Smurf. You know, he tells Green Pastures. And after that, uh, he basically lets her know, like, you cut off. And she's like, what I do? And he basically lets her know that, you know, her opponent, which is unique, is offering to pay 20% off top to, you know, take her out. Like, and plus, the number one thing is he doesn't trust her. And he basically like, you should, you should ask Smurf. Oh, that's if he can ask questions. So now we know Smurf is dead. Uh, the plug, he didn't found out everything. He didn't found out the setup. So Smurf is dead and he just cut her off. And that was interesting because now she really got to move because now she ain't got nothing coming in. She ain't got no connect. 
So we see grandma get a bingo. B1. <laughs> she she like, bingo. She heard that bingo, honey. And he like, that's right, grandma. So he happy. And I said, that that was just so realistic because that's how them old school, like the old school gangsters was. No matter what they was doing in the street, no matter what, they took grandma and mama to church every Sunday. They took care of their families and their mamas especially. And that is something when you go back to the Bumpy Johnsons, the Frank Lucases, like that era, they took care of their mamas. I want to say Frank Lucas took his mama to church every Sunday. So that was like funny and realistic at the same time. So Rock, she leaves and she is pissed off. But you know, Rock gonna come up with another plan. She goes into the bodega. She sees Julia. Julia got her ass up again. She got the black eye, busted lip, broken. Her husband be whooping her butt. And she basically lets her know like, look, it's time for Bland P because remember the only how they got into the bodega was Julia was talking to Lulu about her cousins, which is the Colombians who got um, the product. And that's when the husband got mad and, you know, beat her up the first time. So she like, look, your husband ain't got to know. I need you to link me with your cousin. So I'm thinking probably the next episode, we'll see Julia cousins come and that's probably who will start serving rock. Um, cause now she's cut off from the, from her plug that her and Nick share. So we go into the next scene and we see Jukebox and Nicole. They're walking, holding hands, passing out flyers for the show. And we see Detective Burke is following them. And Detective Burke, she catches like, you know, they're a little touchy feely. So she knows what's going on and waits for Nicole to get back on the bus. So she walks up there and says, um... Um, your friend is really pretty. She already know. So Jukebox is street smart. She like, yeah, all right, 5 And she ends up saying like, look, I really just wanted some information on your, your boy D-Wiz. Now we know Jukebox already know who killed D-Wiz. She seen him get in the car with her uncle Lulu. She knows what time it is. She knew the streets had to catch a body to get the, the heat off of Canaan. She knows her family better than Canaan does itself. So she already knows she she ain't finished. She wasn't gonna say nothing anyway, but she know her own family took out D Wiz. And the detective was like, Okay, well, if you just want to talk or have something to say, I know about other things too. So I don't know if that was just a hint on like maybe she could be gay too and had to hide it because she, you know, seen the look and the, you know, the thing between her and Nicole. I don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be much more to come out of the cop coming up the jukebox. And funny enough, jukebox came a cop later on. So we go into the next scene and we see Kane and all dressed up like he going about to be a part of the boys to men group. And him and Rock, they both looking all fly. And they have a, a touching mother and son moment. And she like, you know, times like this, I wish, you know, your dad was around to help you tie a tie. And he like, you know, the type of pops I had, he wouldn't have been doing all that anyway. So she asks him, like, you know, do you miss not having a father? Because now she know, the detective know, know that's his son. And he like, can't miss what I never had. That was a, that was a tender, sweet moment they both had. And we go and we see Rock. She all dressed up in the red dress. And Johnny Gill sung my, my, my. She dressed in her little red dress, looking all fly. Walking to the eighth floor. Going to the apartment with the inspector. 
And he's like, you know, I did some research on you. You're a drug dealer. And she tries to compromise with him at first. And he gets the like just manhandling her, choking her and all type of stuff. And rock falls on the floor. He kicks her on the stomach. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm Because at first I'm like, I don't know. They might try to, you know, let him get the best of her because he is overpowering her. And she couldn't get to that purse because it showed she had the gun in her purse. She got that hammer. She knocked that man out. <laughs> and he is laying on the floor all toe up. We see Marvin a call away. When Marvin gets to that apartment, he's already tied up. And by he didn't got the best of rock from the beginning, she like let him feel it. So she let Marvin know, don't, don't, don't take no, beat his ass. Let him feel it. Let him feel what's coming before, you know, you turn his lights off. And we go into the next scene. And Jukebox, she's in there and she is mad nervous. And Famous is trying to calm her down. We see Nicole walk in with the water. She trying to calm her down. And she like, Laverne is just nervous now. And he like, who the fuck is Laverne? And he was like, nah, um, we all got nicknames around here. You know, you're going to be white girl Nick. And he get to coming on to her. And we see, we see, you know, crazy ass Jukebox. She gets to going off like, chill out. Um... That's interesting part two, because remember in Power, remember Kanan slept with her girlfriend, and he mentioned on how jealous she gets, and the girl was saying how she's loyal to Juke, but I want to say Juke had her sleep with him to get the information out of him when he was all burnt up, when he fought Ghost, and remember they thought he was dead, but remember Kanan slept with her girlfriend, they mentioned something about her being jealous, so I'm sure much more of that will come out. Um, We see Kanan walks in, and he is the only one who can calm her down. They, you know, he apologized to her, and we see that special bond, that connection he got. He like Nicole, cool, you know, no matter what, I always got you. So we see like that cousin brother sister relationship and how close they is, and it's kind of sad when you think about how he's the one who ended up taking her out in power because we already know their story. So you know, it's, it's it feels good to get the backstory and see the back um, history of their family. So you know, that was a sweet moment with him and Juke. And we go outside the club and, you know, everybody's trying to get in in a line. We see the Brooklyn dudes out there. They trying to get in with their guns and Lulu like, nope. And at first they talking shit. And that was that was interesting because it back in the um, 80s and 90s, it was always something with the Brooklyn dudes and the, and the Queens dudes. Like Queens, they wasn't no joke either. In Brooklyn, they was known for robbing and everything else. So I thought that was interesting and, and funny. But when Rock walks up, the dude from Brooklyn, he kind of looks and was like, you know, okay, all right, we, we know how to act. And Lulu ends up letting them in, but they got to get searched first. So Lulu, um, he ends up talking to Rock and Rock like, you know, I see what you're doing. You just turned out nice, but don't forget tomorrow it's back to business. It's about money. We getting money. She go in there to the bar and orders a drink and symphony comes behind her and she walks out pissed and he follows you know running after her and she goes off with him about canaan now i rock can't have it all and in this episode she lost damn near everything she lost her she lost you know a lot 
She lost the plug, but she probably gonna come up with the Colombians. And now she ain't lost her man. I feel her on her 15-year-old son getting caught up in jail and her new man going to get him and not telling her. But at the same time, that's why men don't want to deal with women with kids because it's mixed signals. First, you want him to be a mentor to Canaan. You want him to look out for Canaan and you want them to grow this bond where he can trust Symphony. And this is the first test that he's seen he could trust Symphony because now you got him teaching him and you wanted that bond. But then you throw up in his face like this is my son. And, you know, Symphony like this it and they end up breaking up. And then another thing, this ain't just like your little innocent 15-year-old son. He didn't already commit a murder, and you was just teach, teaching him how to cook crack last week. So you kind of got to figure out what, what you're trying to do. You're trying to be that mama or that mama. So, I, you know, hey, Symphony, he could do better. You know, it, it is what it is because she kind of threatened him. Like, do you know who I am? And Symphony don't don't really need all that. He got a lot going for himself. And you're trying to, you're trying to, you're throwing mixed signals. You want him to be a mentor, all this stuff, but then you don't want him to overstep boundaries. So I really wasn't feeling that. Um, to me, she pushed him away. Um, if he was, like I said, if he was any normal 15 year old, okay, I get it. But uh, that was a lot. And after that, I want to make sure I ain't forgetting nothing. If I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> we go and we see, you know, the club is getting the hype. They ready. Uh, Jukebox ready to go out. And we see Nicole. She's sitting there nervous. And, you know, dudes is coming up to her. The Brooklyn dudes. First, they try to holler at Jessica. And she like, I'm Lulu's girl. And then they go up to her. So she kind of pushed them off. She's like, you jukes home, girl. That mean we family and all this. And we see Crown walk up. And, you know, we see him lacing that blood up. And he passes to Jessica. And she like, I'm good. But Nicole, she ends up, you know, first she says no. But then she ends up taking it. And if you see the way her eyes look when she hit that blunt, it reminded me, if you a snowfall watcher, remember when Mel first took that first hit of crack? Um, Melanie, I think it was season three. She took that first hit of crack and how them eyes got big. Uh, Nicole's eyes got just like that. So it might be more to come out of that. So when, um, what's his name? When Famous walks out, honey, he the one who nervous now. Jukebox got to start hyping up the crowd. She gets the crunk and then they start rapping. This 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 scene was so funny because now we got Marvin. Now he proud. That's my girl. We got we got Marvin. <laughs> Marvin is a damn fool. And Marvin all geeked up now. Remember, he never believed in her dreams because she had an opportunity to go to a school. She could, you know, she was already singing before and he never really believed in her. But now he all geeked up. And on top of that, Kanan is watching too, all proud. And so he started listening to the words and famous is rapping his life and what he see famous ain't getting none of this shit. He basically saying the streets got to catch a body. That's the name of the song. And he telling the story of, um, when, uh, D Wiz and Kanan rode up on buck 20, like he just doing way too much. And Kanan is not feeling it. And famous can can sense that from the stage. So he kind of gives them a look, but you know, he got to keep rapping that song. And you know, that was fifth in there throwing some shots to it. All the studio gangsters that they used to say back in the day, how everybody was rapping somebody of life lifestyle. And that was the main thing he used to always say about, say about Ja Rule and Irv. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. 
um we're almost to the end and after the show you know everybody having a good time but we see um scrappy and one of nick's homeboys they pull up and scrap like no we can't get in through the line and who is we even here to hit you ain't told me it because when they went there he really didn't know who they was gonna hit yet so he they go in break into the back window they go in a club and then he see that they going at the lulu and he kind of you know Swipe his little nose, giving Lulu a signal, and Lulu just punch one of the Brooklyn dudes, and then they all get to fighting. When Scrappy and Dude run out from the back, he like, nigga, I knew you was Rock Snitch, and he pulls the gun out on Scrap. So we thinking that's the end of Scrap right there at that point. And it goes into the next scene, and it's kind of like a monologue. It go from scene to scene real fast. We see Marvin pulling up. He's looking at his little crew, and he's like, you know, it's time to start working. So they're like, oh, we back on the corners? He like, nope, we at the highway. And we see Detective Burke. We see Rock sitting there smoking her cigarette because before she went home, she's already pissed off. She walked up to Detective Burke's car, and she like, where your partner at? she like he called in today and she like tell him the dangerous thing to do the most dangerous thing to do is get between a mother and a son so detective burke don't know what the hell that means she like okay you know i tell him i pass i pass the message and she goes home and you can tell she just got a lot on her mind she's sitting there smoking her little virginia slim cigarette honey and we see detective howard he's like in a diner and he's looking at kane's picture um, he might do, he might do, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He might do want him to be in his life and be a son, but he also want him to be a donor. And it's not like he's a deadbeat cause he's not, cause he never knew. And he said, he asked her like, is that my son? So he ain't a deadbeat, but he probably just want that bone. So that, you know, him to be a, a, a bone donor, who knows? Um, after that, we see Famous, you know, he getting him some top off in the in the club, looking like how D. Wiz was looking. And at first, I thought that was white girl Nicole. I thought that was her, but that was a whole nother white girl. And then we go and we see Kanan. He going to see his boo, Davina, and they get it on for the first time. And we see Juke and Nicole all hugged up on the bus. Nicole is fucked up off of that blunt and how it was laced. Then we see Jessica and Lulu getting it on. And something is telling me that situation is going to go left. I don't know. If, at first, I was thinking she was going to end up messing with Crown. But it's going to be something with Jessica and Lulu because he is so into her. But then again, they might just try to make it seem like she just a down Puerto Rican chick like they did with Ghost and Angela. So I don't know where they're going with that. At first, I thought she might be a little dirty but then i'm like maybe they just trying to do like another ghost and and angela then we see Kanan sneaking in the house after he didn't got him a little nookie for the first time and he sneaking on in there reminding you a house party one when my kid was sneaking in before he got his ass with with the belt so when Kanan gets into his room we see everything seem like it's peaceful and then you just hear some loud noise in the in the out from outside and rock hears it she grabs her piece they both run downstairs and she looking out because they don't know if somebody about to get to shooting but when she opens the door they like there go your boy 
and we see scrap on the flow on the ground but is scrap dead his eyes was moving so i'm thinking he probably was just tortured but i don't think scrap is dead i'm thinking he was tortured and they beat his ass real bad they stripped him down who knows if they violated him or not you know that was a big thing they stick shit up yet who knows but I don't think he did. He could be, but I don't think he did. His eyes was still moving. So I'm just thinking he got beat up real bad. And that's how it went off. Uh, that was a strong, solid episode. I loved it. I watched the previews for next week. It looks like that's going to be dope as well. We're going to see Nicole and Juke. They're going to be sneaking in somewhere. So I don't know if they're going to get in trouble or get caught, but they're going to end up sneaking into something. And uh, we've seen Lulu going after somebody. Um, next, week's next week's episode is Stay in Your Lane. There's going to be something going on with Kanan and uh, Marvin. They go, I don't know what the hell Marvin and got Kanan into, but he gonna it's called stay in your lane, and it's gonna be like, look, if your mama find out about this, it's gonna be me and your body. They gonna find next, so we know that's something coming up. Some um, look like Lulu was into it with somebody because he's telling Rock, he like now it's time for war, and she like it's we've been in war. You just now waking up because your your eyes been, you know, your nose been wide open since you met Miss Jessica, honey. So next week, I'm expecting a very strong episode. It's called Stay in Your Lane. And that was my recap. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I will be uploading the Michael Jackson episode shortly. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.